the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and God, Amen. Christ is risen. On uh, Thursday, we celebrated the Feast of the Ascension. Um, and it's always on a Thursday, because it's, uh, it comes 40 days after the Resurrection. So we have the Holy 50 days. The first 40 are from the Resurrection to the Ascension. It's 40 days. And then there's another 10 days to the Pentecost. So Ascension always is on a Thursday. It's called Ascension Thursday. Um, and last week, uh, we, we read, um, we read you know, um, about the Ascension. And we said, and, and the Gospel said, My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. So if you kind of see how it, it flows. I go prepare a place for you, I will come back, and I'll take you, and you can be where I am. So it's always important to note that every feast of the church for Christ's life isn't about Christ's life only. It's about us. It's not about his feast or his ascension or his resurrection. It's about our, our resurrection and our ascension. And everything is for our salvation. So his ascension isn't just his ascension. It's our ascension. And since we take the Eucharist and we're in the body of Christ, then we're in him when he ascends. And so whatever he has, we have. Whatever he experiences, we experience together. So we don't rejoice just at this feast because he ascended and went to the Father and sat at his right hand, but that he took us with him and that we sit at the right hand with the Father. And he says, I will come back and take you with me. And it's as if Christ comes down from heaven. He takes our body, our flesh. He takes us and he goes back up again. In fact, in the ritual of the church that we just saw, the church tries to teach us this very concept. Right? The, the procession starts in the altar in heaven. It goes out among the people. It gathers, and then it goes back into the altar. Right? It's as if it starts in heaven. It got Christ manifests himself among his people, then he goes back into heaven. And so now I can say this is my ascension into heaven. And it's now I who sits at the right hand of the Father. And so one of the fathers says, this means that resurrection alone is not sufficient. After the resurrection, there are glories of the living and the divine presence where we sit with Christ on the right hand of the Father. Wherever Christ is, we have the right to be also. So the ascension appears to be a progression of the spiritual life that started with Lent. It's kind of like a whole season that sort of connects together. So just like the cross is completed with the resurrection, the resurrection is completed by the ascension. And that is completed by the sitting at the right hand of the Father. So in Lent, if you remember, we crucified the flesh, and we mortified ourselves, and we fasted, and we did ascetic practices. And then we partake with Christ in his, his crucifixion, why? Because Christ rises three days. And so I partake in his crucifixion, so I can partake in his resurrection. And we live in this resurrected feast for 40 days, in this milieu of festiveness of the, of the, of the resurrected life. And then Christ is as if he says to us, enough of this. You still want to be down here? You still want to be on earth? 
You've been crucified with me. You've killed the flesh. You've resurrected with me. You felt the joy of resurrection. You still want to be on earth. You still want to be a part of all of this. I mean, I can imagine Lazarus after he dies and he resurrects. And now he's alive. And he's kind of walking around. And you ask him, what are you thinking about? Lazarus will tell you, I'm thinking about going back again. You know, this, this world kind of sinks. And I'm ready to move on. And I'm sure the last few years of Lazarus' life, you're just like, you know, kind of ready to, to go anytime. And so the ascension takes us there. After we experience this resurrected life, our next feeling should be, I don't really want to do this anymore. I'm ready to go up to heaven. And if you look at the icon of Christ ascending over to the right, you see Christ just pointing up, like, look up at the sky. And so the next feeling here is spiritual. St. Paul says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. So if you have been raised with Christ, the resurrection, seek the things that are above the ascension. And so let's read the story of the ascension very quickly from the book of Acts. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. So the apostles were standing, and Christ just ascended, just kind of in front of them. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them and said, Men of Galilee, and I, I really like this next line, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who was taken from you into heaven will come back. And I love this image, looking into the sky, just staring at the sky. Again, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, looking up. And so I want to talk about the sky. The sky is one of those beautiful things in nature that God gives us to remind us of himself. And one of the nice things about the sky is you can see it anywhere you go. Maybe except New York City, but other than that, anywhere you go, you just look up and you see sky. And it's, God, it's like God gives you this constant reminder that heaven is just above us. It's right there. And so I want to look at the sky and I want to think about three things. The first is this is where I'm from. The second, this is where I'm going. And the third, by looking at the sky, I have to think to myself, I wonder if that gives me some perspective about how the saints feel about what's happening here on earth in the meantime. So first, knowing where you are from. When we were baptized, we became citizens of heaven. We're not from Tustin or Irvine or Egypt or wherever. We're now citizens of a different country. It's where we're from. It's what Jesus said to Nicodemus, you're born again, and now you're born not from the hospital, but from, or your mother's womb even, but from heaven. I read a sermon this morning that was really nice. It said, that's when I was preparing this, almost our whole education has been directed to silencing this reality. Almost all our modern philosophies have been devised to convince us that the good of man is to be found on this earth. When they want you to keep, what, what they want to convince you is that earth is your home. Notice how they said about it. They begin by trying to persuade you that earth can be made into heaven, thus taking your focus off the sense of exile on earth. So one of the main ploys of the evil one is for you to think earth is home. Earth is the place I'm supposed to focus on. And not focusing on the sky. 
and that I can make earth into heaven by look at, looking at some social programs or politics, or maybe if we adopted the right philosophies or the right kind of economy, that we can turn earth into heaven. It's, all, it's, it's the concept of communism and Marxism and creating this, this idealistic communal life on earth. But the fact of the matter is, we have to look up. That no matter how much we can try to make Earth as nice as we can make it, and we can fight for justice, and, and we can fight for equality, and we can fight for what's right, we're never going to make it heaven. And it's just a deception for me to try and make it into heaven. Second, this is where I'm going. The world is full of deceit and fraud. There's no permanent city, there's no permanent honor, there's no permanent home, there's no permanent money down here on Earth or any true comfort. I want to read you this quote from St. Ephraim. He says, if you give all your life to the earth, the earth will give you a tomb. But if you give your life to heaven, heaven will give you a throne. I'll say it again. If you give, if you give all your life to the earth, the earth will give you a tomb. And I can't help but think about how much time I spend on work, on school, on my children, on education, on fostering all of the things on earth and making earth just so perfect of a place, on my retirement, on my pension, on whatever it may be. And then in the end I get a tomb. That's what earth gives us back. And so how do I act when I know some place isn't my real home? I mean, you know, say you go to Mexico for a few days, right? You go to Cancun, what do you want to do in Cancun? You want to show up, you want to go to the pool, you want to have a drink with an umbrella in it, you want to relax, get some sun. When you go there for a few days, you don't run for office. You don't try to change the government. You don't say, look at these potholes, we've got to fix all these potholes. You don't try to, 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 to get an ID and, and get Mexican citizenship because you're only going to be there for five days and then you're leaving. It's not your place. You know, they've got their problems. That's their problems. I'm just here for a bit. I'm a sojourner. And that's our life on earth. St. James says it's, it's a vapor. It's smoke that you see for a while, and then it's gone. And so in thinking about how to go to a different place, we can look at our parents who came from Egypt. What did they do? They learned the language. They learned the laws. They learned, uh, they found out there's some people living there. They prepared themselves to come to America and focus on America and not on their homeland. And so today in the third hour, we read this beautiful verse, Arise, let us go from here. And one of the many diseases of our spiritual times is that we don't focus on what's ahead. Arise, let us go from here. Let's move forward. And sometimes we settle. We settle because we're doing things okay. Our spiritual life is okay. I go to church, I go to confession every once in a while, I you know, do a couple of things, I volunteer, I don't do anything too bad. And so our life, our spiritual life gets stagnant. It just kind of stops and it settles. And we don't move forward and spiritual growth can't be like that. God's plan is for us to continually strive and be better and get closer to him. St. Paul you know, hits this on the head, he says, Forget what is behind and strain towards what is ahead. Strain towards what is ahead. That should be our posture in life. Thinking about what's ahead, what's above, and what's ahead. 
Heaven is a hell. Heaven is a hell for all of us. And so that should always be our focus and our gaze. What's ahead of us? So you put all these verses together. Arise, let us go from here. Seek those things which are above, straining towards what is ahead. What's ahead? Is it possessions? Properties? Boats? More houses? Nicer clothes? More stuff? Another zero on the bank account? These are the things we're all looking for. And of course, this is vanity of vanity. This is meaningless upon meaningless. And so, excuse me, what are we striving for? What's ahead? Our Father. And where do we see Him? Do we see our Father in the Bible? Do we see our Father in the liturgy? Do we see our fathers in prayers? We do, but we can't make a mistake. We cannot mistake them for Him. He is not in them. He comes through them. Does everyone see the difference? So there are some really good things that we desire, but we have to be mistaken that we not turn the things into God Himself. So is the Bible the Word of God, or is Christ the Word of God? Christ is. And so the Bible leads me to the true one. It isn't the true one. It leads me to a life with my beloved. It's a first step. It starts me to a relationship. But the relationship is the thing, not the Bible. It's like when two people meet online, they're on the internet, they're writing back and forth, they're texting one another, they know a lot about each other and they decide they want to meet and, have a, and get married. But they've never met. They don't actually have a relationship. They haven't looked into each other's eyes. They certainly don't know everything about the other person. There's just communication. And so sometimes we can mistake the thing for the relationship, for Christ himself. I can have a relationship with the Bible and not with God. I can have a relationship with the Eucharist and not with God. I can have a relationship with the church and the rituals and the hymns and service and not with God. There's a, even a Protestant theologian whose name is George MacDonald. He says the same thing about the Bible. He said, sad indeed would the whole matter be if the Bible had told us everything God meant us to believe. So he is even challenging as a Protestant that the Bible is everything about God. Obviously it can't be. God is infinite. But herein is the Bible itself greatly wronged. It nowhere lays claim to be regarded as the word, the way, and the truth. The Bible leads us to Jesus, who truly is the word, the way, and the truth. So, first thing is we need to be careful about what we're striving towards. Certainly not earthly things. Those give us a tomb. But not even churchy things. Not just, let's talk about church politics. Let's talk about the clergy. Let's talk about what uh, Sadapian is doing these days. Let's talk about the bishops. Let's talk about the Pope. We need to focus on Christ himself, on that relationship. We don't want to have a relationship with a system, with a group of rituals, but we want to have a relationship with God himself, personally. And then finally, looking up at the sky gives me perspective on everything. To feel the presence of God, feeling this union with him that he accomplished for us is really the secret to happiness. The awareness that 
there is something bigger than me, gives us real inner peace and transcends the minds and all the troubles and worries that we have because we know there's something bigger above. Simply put, I'm not from here. And that's what St. Paul is saying. Seek those things which are above. We're not from this place. So either we make the earth our source of joy and our source of security and our source of comfort, or we reject it and we say, I'm going to focus on more, more than that. So the true Christian, we live for this Feast of the Ascension. It's one of these feasts that kind of comes on a Thursday that no one attends. But it has to be everything. It has to be us being above the world. In fact, there's, a, there's an idiom when you say someone's above it all. You ever heard this idiom? When someone's just above it all, that means he doesn't really, or she doesn't really care about the stuff of the earth. Right? In fact, the word agios, what does agios mean? Holy, right? But as Henry said, right? The word ageios, a, in Greek means not that. And then geios means earth. So the word holy means not earthly. That's literally what it means, above it all, ascending. Right? Not limited by this place. This is why we don't get too hung up on this place. Whether it be persecutions in Egypt, wars, rumors of wars, whether it be horrific acts that we hear about in the news, they happen, and they're going to continue to happen. And it can't be our entire focus of our life because our focus has to be above. And so when the priest says, lift up your hearts, he's going to say that in the liturgy in a little bit of one How do we respond? What do we respond when he says, lift up your hearts? We have lifted them to the Lord. Are we lying? How many people have said that and lied? Have to be careful. I, I know the story of a monk who every time at this part of the liturgy says, when the woman would say, lift up your hearts, he can't respond, I have them up with the Lord. He just stops and he would just cry the rest of the liturgy. Because he would realize, they're not with the Lord. My heart isn't there. It's still down here. It's still not ascending. Okay, the last thing I want to say is looking up at the sky is our source of peace. Jesus says, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, though I give you the peace. And so most of us derive our security and our peace from two places. One comes from faith, but one comes from earth. I want you to do a small little exercise to yourselves right now in private. Take a moment and think about what gives you security. What makes you feel safe? What calms you? What gives you peace? What's the thing that you fall back on when you say, but I have that? Maybe it's a career, a successful career. I've got a great job. Maybe I have a lot of friends who love me. Maybe my children are very successful, and at least I did that right. I mean, maybe it's in my husband and wife. Sorry, Justin. Maybe it's because I have a lot of money in a big retirement account. I have a lot of properties. I have a lot of insurance. I'm a very successful servant. That's the thing that in your life that you fall back on. You say, I have that thing. Don't be deceived. 
see there's no security in the world. Our source of peace and contentment can't be the property or the job or the kids or the retirement or anything. So anytime your peace comes from anything earthly, we still have more work to do. I haven't fully detached. I haven't fully ascended. I haven't fully let go. I haven't fully strained towards what is ahead. I'll end with this. David the, David the prophet says, do not, trust, do, not, sorry, do not trust in princes of this world. And the princes of this world come in lots of different forms. They can come from my bank, they can come from my degrees, they can come from my schooling, they can come from the fact that I got into that school or this school, or from my rental properties, or from my pension, or from my children, or from my whatever. But don't, don't be deceived. It all goes up in a vapor. And we all know people now who have lost their health in a moment. Children, jobs, money, whatever it is. It goes in a moment. And if that's where our peace is and that's where our security is, then we know we have put our, our trust in princes, princes of the earth. Again, I'll end with, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Glory to God for them. Amen.